Welcome to the Pint of No Return show, brought to you from a deep, dark, stinky little corner of the internet. Tonight is season four, episode five, Bring Your Own Beer. Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Give me those Star Wars. Don't let them end. Oh, Star Wars. If they should buy wars, please let the Star Wars stay. And hey, how about that nutty Star Wars bar? Can you forget all those crazy creatures in there? And hey, Darth Vader in that black and evil mask. Did he scare you as much as he scared me? Star Wars, those dear and followers. Oh, Star Wars. Wow. Thank you, Nick, the lounge singer, and Bill Murray. That that was impressive, Rob. Yeah. Very nice. Hey, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are all Star Wars all the time, and we are one host light. We are. Keith had some obligations that he had to deal with, and we decided that since it's been, I don't know, a year or so since we've done a podcast, that we should just go ahead. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so oh, no, Last year. Last year we did a podcast. Yeah, it was. he's got some work-related stuff, and frankly... He hasn't seen the film, so yeah. So there was little little reason for him to be there, be here. So we may decide that there's little reason for him to be here every night. No, yeah, Keith, no. I kid, I joke. We love we Keith. Joke. We love Keith. We miss you, buddy. So uh, yeah, tonight. So we're doing a BYOB episode tonight. Um, the gentlemen have brought with them uh, uh, Guinness Nitro IPA. Um, I, we had planned to do this on the show a, a little while back, and it just kind of got caught up in the scheduling. So the guys did pick it up. I, I wasn't able to get it, but um, I brought with me uh, one of the, my old favorites. It's, it's my Newcastle Brown Ale uh, clone that I brewed with my brother-in-law oh, almost oh, more than a year ago now. And uh, you may recall on an earlier episode of BYOB, uh, about six months ago, I opened this up and it had a nice little explosion. So while the boys have their nitro IPA, I may have a little explosions of my own. So I brought with me my towel, my trusty towel, um, which I'll probably just wear around my neck until I'm ready to explode this thing. Um, but before we get to the beer, or should we do the beer first and kind of delve into the feedback? Because there's a lot of it. There is a lot of it. Let's let's, let's start. Let's let's beer. drink while we're yeah. yeah. So okay, so are we supposed to shake the nitro cans? No. Oh whoa no I wouldn't think so. Um I I think you should shake your can and I will not shake yeah, mine. Please we do. Can, yeah, we'll have a, uh, like a controlled okay. experiment. I'm gonna scooch back a little bit so I'm away from my nice computer here. Let's see how this goes. All right, Rob, how'd it go? So far, so good. It's got a little stuff coming out of it, but no explosion. Yay! Still smells like brown ale in there. This is definitely, look at this. It's pouring like a, it's weird. It's it's pouring like a, yeah, like a stout, like a Guinness stout, where it's all that creamy, foamy looking stuff. And it's actually got... It's got the Guinness thing going on where it like kind of settles in the bottom. I yeah, used an IPA think, glass. I mean, maybe it's the color and the and the camera quality, but for a second there, that looked clear, clear, like clear white, like a Zima. Yeah, it, it's, it's really cloudy. But it's 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 getting clearer at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just kind of. it's just like a Guinness except a different color. It's it's settling yeah. that same All right, way. so we conversely we actually got a. My Newcastle clone poured like a champ. So since ours is going to take a minute to settle, Rob, why don't yeah. you take sit, have settle. some of yours? We'll see how it goes. Still pretty good. Does it taste like Newcastle or does it um, taste good? 
It tastes like it's in Newcastle's neighborhood. Like maybe it moved in, you know, four or five streets over. And like on a Saturday night, you can hear the party that's going on over at the Newcastle house, but you haven't been invited. So you kind of sit out in the backyard and enjoy the music that's playing, but you're not really part of the party itself. That's kind of where this beer is at right now. Okay. That's cool. does not have much carbonation left. So. I was going to say, one of the oddest colored beers I've ever seen. Yeah, it's really dark, isn't it? Yeah, it's like has a... It, has it... It's like a ginger ale kind of color. Like a dark ginger ale. Mm-hmm. As it's settling, it's it's not exactly clear, um, but it is really oh. darker than what I would expect for a um, IPA. Oh, you know, are you getting a lot of hoppy? <laughs> uh, there's not a hop anywhere in the zip code of this. IPA. <laughs> It's in the, to use uh, Rob's analogy, it, it moved in to the uh, county where they don't allow hops. There are no hops in the entire county, maybe in the state. Yeah, you, you've moved into the neighborhood only to find out that the, uh, the, the houses across the street were recently bought out in order to make way for a new highway overpass. So there used to be a neighborhood there. You're just the only one left. <laughs> oh, my God. There's I like my analogies. I... I I, I don't know that I've ever had a beer with less flavor. Oh, whoa. So I think the folks at Guinness may be taking a hit. Wow. The lager tasted, it had more flavor than the IPA. Oh, right? by a long shot. Whew. Okay, so upon further reflection, the Newcastle clone has not aged well. <laughs> <laughs> Any, any resemblance to beer is slowly passing away. I mean, it's very flat. And... Hmm. Okay. All right. Um, All right. So let's. Uh, yeah, you want to get some more some more uh, input on your Guinness? Uh, are we doing reviews now? Or are we going to hold off? No, no, no. We're going to hold off on reviews. I just want to know if there's any other further things you wanted to add before we get moving. I, I'd uh, like to um, add a different beer to my glass. I would. Uh, <laughs> Drink that one first. <laughs> I'm voting for this one, or what he said. What he said, right. for sure. But, but yeah, maybe, who knows, maybe yeah. time heals all wounds and beers. So uh, let's do this while the guys are trying to figure out their, their way in life. Um, we've got some, a bunch of feedback. I'm assuming this is from our buddy Aaron. Uh, the one and only. Yeah. yeah. So, Aaron, first of all, thank you for all your feedback. And uh, – the only reason we're doing this show tonight is for him. You just get, they're just kind of quick shot questions. So uh, we'll try to give quick shot answers unless there's some more to expound on. So from season three, episode 28, he says, you should do a show where Keith only communicates using the soundboard. Believe me, uh, we would like nothing more. <laughs> from your mouth to God's ears. But as Keith mentioned to us today, because he was originally going to be on the podcast before his work stuff piled up, he was going to be on the podcast and just step away when we did the Star Wars talk. And we're like, no, you should sit there and you should listen. You should hear everything we say. Spoilers. It's like, well, you know, I just, I'll just get up or I'll turn the camera off or whatever. You can't help I mean, control me. Really, what, what, what would be a spoil for him at this point? I mean, it, there's probably – you got to know everything that happened in the movie if you yeah. have any kind of life at all. I will say this about Keith. Keith, um, if there's a movie – I mean, he'll watch trailers and stuff, but he's kind of the opposite from me. He will, he will literally – he will avoid a lot of reviews because of any incidental spoilers. He really likes to go in um, cold. Okay. So I, I, I respect him for that. He, he really does – for the most part, not delve into that stuff. But we would love to do an episode where it's just Keith on the soundboard. It would, or Galadriel, just speaking from the background. That would be amazing. Look at that. Is that your wife or is that your daughter? Sorry. Is that your wife or your daughter? Uh, that was my daughter. She oh, okay. came in. My wife is... Uh, 
in Vegas, actually uh, oh! getting ready to take off, getting ready to head home. Hey, by the way, before we go back to uh, Aaron's feedback, how, how are you guys faring in the storm of the century? Well, we're you know it's pretty tough here, but we're we're taking one for the team. We probably shouldn't even be on the air because you know we're running on generators, and we had to we had to dig out the firewood and start it up to power the steam generator to get some electricity for the show. But so what you're saying is there really hasn't been much impact at all. It's all right. There's a little bit of flooding. Um, some yeah. trees fell down, but it's not. Yeah. Devastating. For those new to the show, um, both Gary and Jeremy live in the San Francisco area, which is supposedly Northern California getting a ton, ton of rain. Now, uh, you are getting a ton of rain because I did read an article today that said your reservoirs have caught 350 million gallons of water and you are no longer in a drought. So from that standpoint, that's good news. That's good news, yeah. Now, Southern California is just screwed, but that's not your problem. No, they just take our water. It's fine. Yeah, it's true. Well, they, I'm sure they pay you well for it. They give us movies. Yeah. So, yes, Keith on a soundboard is uh, – Aaron, consider that done. We will make that happen at some point. Yeah. Uh, from episode 30, season 3, explain me something. Why in 2016 are grown-ass men playing sports ball outside like 10-year-old children? Because uh, they get paid a lot of money to do it. I'm, is this like a wintertime people playing football outside thing? Were we talking about that at some point? I don't remember the context of that, but I'm guessing it was something like that. People playing football in the cold weather. Um, yeah, a lot of money. And that's probably all that there is needs to be said. A lot of money. Uh, the playoffs are heating up. My Houston Texans are still in it as of this recording. They most likely will be out of it after getting trounced by the Patriots. But (laughs) who knows what could happen? We are still in the running to go to the Super Bowl. And if we do, we will be the first team in NFL history to make the Super Bowl in in the city that is hosting it. Houston is hosting the Super Bowl this year. Oh, wow. So that would be a first. That would be so. Here's exciting. hoping. And actually, actually, the the scuttlebutt around here is, boy, if we made it, haha! If we made it, and Dallas could make it, it would be an all yeah. Texas Super Bowl, which would be kind of cool. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually a Cowboys fan. It's been a team that I've liked for a long time. So I'm rooting for them to get into the Super Bowl. But I could care less about everybody else. Uh, that's all right. Also, from episode thirty, I thought you could see whole ball. On pay-per-view cable. What the hell are we talking about? Was that golf? Whole ball? Now listen, you no longer need... Aaron, let me let me explain you something. And maybe you want to talk to Michelle about this, because she knows. Uh, you don't need pay-per-view to see whole ball anymore. It is readily at your fingertips at any moment. And uh, like I said... Uh, I say I say that not to embarrass him, but Michelle has often joked that she's a porn aficionado. So that's all. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Um, uh, from season thirty, man, he was going crazy on season season thirty. Oh my God, wants a Manhattan project. What were we talking about? What? what? Manhattan project See, was the uh, that was the uh, beer from Brooklyn Brewing. Oh, uh, oh yeah, Keith was oh, talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. okay. That yeah. sounds. I don't really remember good, anything actually. about it, but apparently uh, it's good stuff. Cool. Yeah, I I appreciate that there. Uh, season four. Have you had a season that did not start with childish behavior? Uh, never have, and never will. No. That's just a silly question. That's wrong. So your mom, your mother. Mm. Uh, we're gonna try to see if we can start it and finish it with childish behavior. So that's our goal. <laughs> Uh, I have been enjoying the format change, just so you know. Ha! The three of us, you and me and Jeremy, me, Gary, and Jeremy, have, are making this happen. Keith was a reluctant ankle dragger, heel dragger, I should say, to our, our format change. Knuckle dragger, too. Yeah, he's that all the time. Um, where we, uh, re- we rate our beers at the end of the show rather than the beginning. So, yeah, I'm liking it, too. I, I, can't, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. Sorry. Gary needs to change beers. 
Now, that being said, Jeremy, I don't know that – there is not – who's to say that in 10, 12 episodes I'll get sick of this, of doing the beer rating at the end of the episode. But for right it now, I possible. like it. Yeah, it works. I think it works out pretty well. It's a nice change. Yep. You know, it's like the, the episode of a sitcom or the season of a sitcom where all of a sudden the mom's pregnant and they bring in a, a new young kid or you know, a baby to kind of shake things up. Exactly. This is the pregnant season. Yes, Keith is pregnant. Uh, <laughs> episode two feedback. The jarred queso is not cheese. Um, yeah, I think there was some there was some talk about there was some talk about that that thing where what's his face? Keith does the peeps in <laughs> queso and that's just, you know, that's just bad. Yeah, I mean it's made of cheese product. And I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to classify it actual cheese. It's cheesy. There's there are elements of cheese in it. Elements of cheese. There you go. Yeah. Elements. I like that. Elements of cheese. Uh, forty-two exclamation point. What is that? The answer to life, the universe, and everything. I thought that, that was was it forty-two. Oh yeah. I don't know why forty forty-seven keeps going through my head, but you know what forty-seven is. 47 is the number that always appears in J.J. Abrams movies. So 42 Uh, is the Douglas Adams answer to the life universe. Right. And finally, back in the 90s, I used to listen to the Art Bell show. Hey, me too. They did a lot of episodes about people seeing the same number often. Really? Oh, that's when I was talking about 1117. Yeah. 11-11 was a common number for people. I would recommend you look into the law of averages the law of large numbers and observational bias. You know, I already have looked into observational bias, Garen. And for those of you who don't know, uh, observational bias is um, if you are, you, you think you see something all the time, so you see something all the time. So what that means is if you're predisposed to say red ball, red, red rubber balls, you will all of a sudden start seeing red rubber balls everywhere, not because some cosmic mystical force is putting red rubber balls in front of you all the time. It's because your brain and your eyes are now trained to look for red rubber balls. And so you just start seeing that. Yeah. A perfect example of observational bias is once I bought a Hyundai Sonata, Hyundai Sonata is my car. I now see Hyundai Sonatas all over the road. Everyone. Everyone's driving one. Troopers. To you. So, so Aaron, I don't know if this is a case of observational bias. I will say that I have literally seen the number 1117 everywhere since I'm about 15 years old, just like constantly. So if it's an observational bias, my brain now is so locked in to see that number. I mean, I literally see it four or five times a day. And it could also be my internal clock tells me that I'm getting close to 1117 because invariably I will look at my clock every day at 1117 a.m. I just know it's 1117, and so I see it. So I don't know. It's weird, though. And, and Gary is seeing the future. <laughs> you know what is uh, – uh, okay, I have my my – Wonderful, wonderful wife got me this. She's got some People VR collector's edition. Came with the with the cardboard VR goggles, mm-hmm. and um, I, I which I always heard about and thought eh, kind of corny, but uh, this is pretty cool. You know the yeah. scene where they're like blowing blowing up the tank on Jetta. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, I'm watching it from the director's perspective of like where the crew was standing. Uh-huh. It's really pretty easy. It looks 3D. You see a lot of stuff. They have over. It's it's yeah. I mean, for a free VR experience. Yeah. Uh, you guys keep podcasting. I'll tell you how it goes. Right? Okay. So uh, yeah, Aaron, thank you for the feedback. Keep it coming. Um, try to get some more people in there to to feedback. Not that we don't appreciate yours. Uh, all right, so our topic, our topics for the evening, uh, we're doing Star Wars episodes, specifically Rogue One. 
which to now for you now it's old because it's been out for a month since oh, we've recorded. Shit. So, and as of this recording, um, so first of all, let me say right off the top, spoilers. If you don't, if you haven't seen Rogue One, Keith, uh, you may want to stop listening because there's a possibility we will discuss some some internal some mass, massive spoilers. Although I will tell you, you should know how it ends. It's 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 literally uh, a movie. Everyone knew how it ended before it even began. Yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. like Titanic. There's no spoilers in saying that Titanic sinks. You know what happened. I think the spoiler at the end is that I, it, once you think about it, like I didn't think about it going into the movie, but once I saw the movie and was in there, and um, the pilot and the ship got blown up, I'm like, none of them live. They can't live. Yes. So it's yeah, like, so what what Gary's referencing is there's almost a um, a Saving Private Ryan kind of motif in the in the movie in which all pretty much all of the main protagonists no I won't say most of all of the main protagonist characters die <laughs> they all die which but is they have yeah. to because they're not in a New Hope right I mean there's nothing saying that they couldn't have been off doing other things but well, yes and they're. And this is Hollywood, which means they could have kept them all and just pretended that they moved into Star Wars, but they didn't, which is awesome. I think I think they did a really a, a really good thing for the Star Wars story by yeah. letting it lead into Star Wars and killing them off. Right. That, so, so just for background real quick, and again, if you're still listening, you don't care about spoilers. Uh, Rogue One is the story of the fledgling Rebel Alliance getting together to steal the Death Star plans, you know, the basic setup, the MacGuffin of the entire Star Wars, original Star Wars trilogy. The first one, they, they just stole the plans. Now they got to go blow it up. Well, this is, we now need to go get the plans so we can blow it up. So it's, it's, it's a prequel. It's a direct prequel. It literally feeds into, um, I guess, literally the opening seconds of Star yeah. Wars. They're like, there's no two year gap. This is, At the end is, of the, yeah, and you know the seven, three to three to seven days prior to the Tatooine, this is what happened. Like in that, the week before that scene at the beginning of A New Hope. Right. So um, the protagonist, main protagonist of the story is Jin Jin Urso, um, played by Felicity. What's her name? Felicity Jones. Jones. Thank Jones. you. And. Um, she kind of plays a, well, a rogue, really. She's a, a prisoner, a kind of a ne'er-do-well. Her father worked for the Empire and was key in the development of the Death Star. He was, uh, tried to get away from it, tried to start a life with his family on this barren planet, and the Empire came back for him because they were having difficulties getting it finished. So they threatened to, to kill his family and end up killing his, her mom. And, you know, he realizes that he has to go with them to get this done. Um, and there's a lot more that goes into it than just that. I'm kind of leaving out some key points, but basically what happens is he knowing the empire is building a terrible weapon. He actually, which I thought, first of all, let me say this, the tie-ins that they did, to Star Wars, to A New Hope, are so freaking cool that I now will see Star Wars in an entirely different way. Yeah, they yeah. they change. Like the biggest, the biggest criticism. I'll let you. I'm sorry, I keep going on. The biggest criticism they always give of Star Wars is why would the Empire build this massive, destructive machine? and overlook a tiny little exhaust port that could blow the entire ship up. This explains that. He, not wanting to give the Empire this weapon, actually builds this default, or this fault, into the Death Star so that it can be blown up. Yeah, it's, it's an, an incredible... Oh. Go ahead, guys. You, you, you expound for a while, because I've been talking my head off. Oh, what yeah, else? Rob's Something... Something I thought was um, interesting that didn't go anywhere was the uh, robot, whatever. What was his name? Do you remember what they called him? Uh, so, K2SO. Yeah. 
He I liked him a lot. Yeah, didn't didn't he seem like C three PO? He was, he was supposed know, to. He but kind more of serious. sense to check. He was kind of a cross between C three PO and Chewbacca. He really had that personality of C three PO, and I was thinking that was going somewhere, but it never did. But he was kind of more of a dick. It was. He was it like, wasn't a dick. C three PO was just pompous. Like this guy. It was a pompous dick. He was very full of himself. He was a very full of himself droid. Well, that was you, I can't believe you missed that. That's the arrogance of the empire. He was a just true. No, no, you're that, right. You're right. So that was intentional because it was that the arrogance. Really. Yeah, the tie into him being an imperial droid that was reprogrammed. He retained the arrogance and the superiority complex, uh, but then they threw in um, little pieces of humanity, for lack of a better yeah, word. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So it was that is that mix of you know he's a convert he's essentially a convert so somebody right. that lived that life and is now converted to being a rebel yeah some conversion but so he plays he a great had, double agent yeah and it makes a great sacrifice at the end and you know who played him um, Alan well, who voiced Wash from Firefly yeah. so he was awesome yeah there were some great moments in there with him. Um, so yeah, so Jin they cobble together kind of a ragtag uh, band, like almost like a, a Seven Samurai um, type thing to get together to go and steal these plans. Um, the rebellion doesn't want them to do it because they're just now getting to the point where they can mount some kind of serious offense, offense, and to, in order to go steal these plans, they'd have to really sacrifice a lot of their fleet that they've just put together. For something that may not want to succeed anyway so you know these this group you know says you know screw that we'll go in ourselves and it's yeah um, it's really what well i so. it's about, you, overall i saw the movie twice in the theater um because i went with the first night on thursday night when it opened and um and waited in line and got the whole, okay, the whole thing. And then went back when um, Gilly was able to go. And um, it was just as good the second time, even mm. though I knew everything that was going to happen because it was still really fresh in my mind. This, to me, um single biggest complaint about this movie is that it absolutely ruined episode one through three. Because previously, I was, I you know, they're not as good. I, you know, everybody knows they're not as good. But previously, I was like, you know, they're important movies. They're part of the Star Wars universe. You know, yeah. there's some good things about them. Nope. And now I look at them and go, totally fucked that up. He could have yep. really made great, great movies and instead told this convoluted political story. So that's it. it this movie completely ruined those to me. And this, to me, was than The Force Awakens. I thought this was a better Force Awakens. Agreed. Second best um, Star Wars movie of all time. Yeah, I, uh, I, I referred this, I suggested this book a while back on the podcast. I really suggest anyone who's any kind of a fan of, of Star Wars to go back and read How Star Wars Conquered the Universe. Um, it's a really great tale, not only of how the, the universe was built and how the Empire was built, um, which has been, you know, that's, that story has been told a lot. But this one really talks about how the phenomenon takes hold of the world. What circumstances led up to it being that kind of a phenomenon. And yeah. kind of where George Lucas was going when the prequels happened, what he was looking to do. And it will, it will in your mind, at least in my mind, it explains a lot as to why the prequels are the way they are. Um, well, you know, I understand why the prequel story needed to be told because it's you know how we get Darth Vader. Uh, oh, prequels. Darth freaking Vader. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The you in- get to yeah. see Darth Vader in full badass yeah. mode. The the this movie was worth the last like. Yeah. It's because you see Darth Vader. The the just. How you, you you understand how they get the plans? You get Darth Vader being a complete and total badass. Yeah, I mean that's that's the word. He's 
And then you get to see that scene at the very end where they give the plans to Leah. And I, I swear I talked about it on this podcast that Leah in this movie. Yeah, I, I believe I that you did. Yeah, yeah. And that, um, it, I nailed that one. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you saw Vader, you saw him at the end of episode three. Um, but he was just, the, it's the no moment, which, you know, doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. And then, you know, when, when you do, when they show Vader in the original trilogy, um, it's David Prowse and, da- and, and they weren't into the acrobatic kind of uh, samurai ninja type of, of fighting. and have the and same shit. visual effects. It was. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I was a kid and saw Darth Vader, I mean, I was, he scared the shit He's out scary. Of me. Oh yeah. yeah. Especially in but, Empire. You never really got to see Vader in his prime. You never got to see Vader. What? Why is everyone so scared? Okay, yeah, he can lift people off the gr- ground. He can force choke them from a, wi- from a ways away. He can break off machinery and throw it at people. But you never really get to see why he's so universally feared. Well, in this, this film, you see why he is feared. You got a glimpse of it in Empire Strikes Back when yeah, a glimpse. You walk into that like dinner table room and Vader's there and just deflecting like, laser blasts. Yeah, they try to shoot him and and to him that you kind of got the impression that that was sort of like he was like brushing something so off his shoulder. Nothing like, to him, yes. So I mean, that's the hint you got in the original one. And this the, the rating, the change so in rating, cool. really let them show his. Yeah evil side oh, yeah that's true yeah pg-13 versus pg yep yeah, so absolutely. i've got a question for you guys um it, we now have what seven eight eight official star wars movies in the in the canon uh yes so i i'm curious what your ranking is i uh, mine mine would be star wars which episode four then rogue one then empire then jedi then episode seven then episodes one through three shouldn't exist Something what like are that, your yeah. okay. so what what are your favorite favorite Star Wars movies in order? Do you have do you have an order or I do? Does it change? Uh, what's Gary? What's your order or do you have one? Uh, I would say the I I could I could go. It's, it's so hard between uh, Rogue One episode and uh, Empire. Uh, those are hard. I would definitely. Hope and Empire Strikes Back above Rogue One, um, but between A New Hope and Empire, that's a toss-up. Three, then Jedi, then Force Awakens. Actually, Force Awakens is better than Return of the Jedi, and then um, first three should exist. I think they should have done better. So for me, it's one and one A. Um, and I said this. In, I said this in the chat room. I said this to Jeremy privately after I got out of the screening. And I do think, in many ways, that Rogue One is a better film than Empire Strikes Back, which I know is blasphemy because it's that one's universally regarded as the finest, or the best made of the at least the original films. But if you ask me on a given day, I'll say Empire or I'll say Rogue One. They're so close now. I thought Rogue One was so well done um, that it just amazing. So, so it'll be those two, then probably um, the original, then then New Hope, uh, then okay. Force Awakens, um, and then Return of the Jedi, and then the sequ- the prequels. I will rank them. I will rank them. In fact, I will say Revenge of the Sith, then Phantom Menace, and. Mm. Attack of the Clones. See, now, I would, I would, I would rank Attack of the Clones as the best of the prequels. It had some. Got to see Yoda. No, yeah. That, I was about was to say to, cool. to contradict what you were saying earlier about the the prequels being crap. Which you know, yes, in large part they were crap, um, but there were moments of sheer brilliance in those films too. There were, um, were moments, Yoda, but they, Yoda they fighting and you know the final battle between Anakin and 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 Ben and um, you know there's there were some really great moments in there. 
But um, yeah, so Rogue One also would, would be the first film to not feature solely the music of John Williams. So I was curious how you found the music in Rogue One. Um, a little bit tedious. It, yeah? I noticed it a lot more throughout the entire movie. Um, and it didn't feel like it belonged there. Like it, it was in the background, overwhelming the dialogue and overwhelming everything else. It, it felt yeah. like it should have, it shouldn't have been there most of the time to me. Hmm. Okay. I didn't notice the music. I mean, it was there. It didn't, it didn't offend me. It didn't move me. It was just mm-hmm. part of it. It wasn't that big of a deal to me. And, and that's in contrast to the original movies where the score uh, was there, but I didn't even yeah. know it was there. It was such a seamless part of the movie that it was just... Yeah, it was it like was, a character into itself. It was, yeah, and, it, and you, I didn't notice it. Um, yeah. Interfering so Michael, with dialogue. Was, the composer was Michael Giacchino, I believe, who has done a lot of, he's done a lot of films and you know, Star Trek and, and, and a lot of stuff. So... I didn't, I mean, it was okay. It, I didn't, wasn't offended by it. Um, it. It was fine. It was also the first Star Wars film to not feature an opening crawl, that, which I, I thought, was thought was great. Was Completely separate. This, I, is, this is them saying, this is now part of the anthology of Star Wars. This does not have anything to do with the, with the original characters. Yeah. It's just something entirely separate, which I thought was great. Yeah, my daughter was a little bit like taken aback by that initially, and then it was like, "Oh, yeah, no, this is not a you know, it's a Star Wars movie, but it's not the mainline yeah. epic." How many of us were so conditioned to say, "Oh, I don't know what's going on. I haven't been told." Yeah, yeah, I know. It was pretty cool. Um, this uh, uh, this movie makes me really excited for all the other Star Wars stuff, like we like oh, we yeah. talked about. Or just having a, a, a new Star Wars movie every year for what's now been two years, and we got four more years to go, yep. at least, and, and who knows at how least, long. At least, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's it's just great. I mean, it, as a you know, as a not a kid because as a kid we had the original trilogies, and then um, but there was that huge gap, and then even after the prequels, there was this huge kind of gap in content. And it's just nice to know that here there will be one movie worth seeing. Yeah. So, and one more area I want to talk about in this film, and it'll lead us directly into our last little topic: um, the use of uh, CGI characters from the original films. Um, most notably, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin was a big yeah. part of this film, and uh, Princess Leia was yeah. a big part of the end of the film. And in addition, they had a number of lookalikes for characters that were in the original trilogy, didn't use CGI for them, just used people that looked like them. Um, but the CGI itself, uh, um, I don't know how you guys felt about it. I thought that I had, I was kind of a tale of two cities in this one. Um, I thought that the CGI for Grand Moff Tarkin was great. It was spot on. It look, I mean, I knew it was CGI, so your brain automatically tells you, well, look, I can see that little line there, and I see how his mouth is moving very synchronously, so I know that it's CGI. But it, it looks so good that if I wasn't steeped in Star Wars lore and didn't know the character in, in and out and how he looked, if I was new to the, the, new to the series, I wouldn't have known it was him. Yeah. And by contrast, um, Princess Leia... I thought did look very CGI-ish. Like I could see, okay, it was kind of, it was okay done, but I could see where that was a little less polished. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. Uh, I The first time I saw it, uh, Tarkin to me was completely lifelike and real. Um, yeah. The second time, because I, I, I was thinking more about the CGI, it, it didn't look as real. Um, when this gets onto Blu-ray at home or on, you know, a yeah, yes. streaming service, it's it's going to look cartoony. I think when it gets there, it'll look worse. Um, the better the quality, the worse it looks. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, he was great. They did a, an amazing job with him. Yes. That was that that kind of stole the movie in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Princess Leah stuff. It was such a quick shot of her. It didn't bother me. I knew it was CGI, and I kind of felt like it was okay. But it didn't it didn't bother me because it was so fast. Yeah. It looked pretty good to me, but that was because I saw it in a 3D. It was a 3D showing, which I didn't realize when we went, um, which I watched I without the glasses because yeah. I hate 3D. So it, it looked a little – all that blurriness really just made the CGI blend yeah. right in. I kind of wish they, they had done with her <laughs> – I kind of wish they had done with her what they did with some of the other Star Wars characters, which was the third way that they kind of brought in old characters, the one that I forgot and just remembered. Um, they used uh, unused footage from the original Star Wars film for some of the rebel uh, pilot leaders. Um, oh. uh, Gold leader, in fact, and, and I think red leader um, were these, they were the same character. They were, they were shots from Star Wars that they never used in the original film. They were just using dialogue, like battle attack dialogue, so it fit in perfectly with the battle yeah. that they were doing uh, in Rogue One. So it was great, I thought that was awesome. So I kind of wish maybe they had found maybe a shot of Leia on on the Corvette that they hadn't used in the first trilogy and yeah. could have used that and maybe a voiceover um, you know, before you see your face. It's a minor thing to quibble about, so. Yeah, it was fine. Um, but, that, but that brings up something else I wanted to ask you guys about, and that is um, Carrie Fisher. Of course, we wanted yeah. to talk about the passing of Carrie Fisher. Um, and first of all, what an amazing um, actress she was, uh, especially in these Star Wars films, um, and what it means to the franchise now that she's gone. So I don't want to say anything else. I want to hear what you guys think about First of all, what you think of Carrie Fisher and her passing and where you think Star Wars can go uh, without her. Yeah, it was another... 2016 was tough for the the generation that we are part of. Sure was. And that was... That's yeah, going to happen more and more every year, by the way. It is. Yep, and a, yeah. another another legend of our generation has gone. I I mean, aside from Star Wars, I you know I wasn't that familiar with the stuff that Carrie Fisher did outside of Star Wars. Um, I know she's you know did some other things and um, yeah. so fantastic writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really I mean, good writer. writer. And there's a, a HBO has one of her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the one about drinking. It has drinking in the yes, title. It's um, yeah. name is somebody but that's it's that's a one-woman show yeah that's on, i'm gonna be watching that on there because you know it's available but um it was really sort of um it, it was really i was more sad than i thought i would be i think because it was sort of like here's a piece of my childhood and you know, I don't want to say part of my identity, but part of the identity of this generation that's now gone. It, it's really, truly an icon of is, is no longer with us. And she, you know, in three movies left a, an amazing legacy and mark on culture and society that, you know, few other people have. Uh, Wishful Drinking is her, her, her one-woman show. And my wife and I were actually fortunate enough to see it when she toured in, in Canada, Houston. It was great, really funny. Um, what was awesome about Carrie Fisher was how um, self-deprecating she was and how willing she was to laugh at herself and to point out some of the sillier parts of her life. Because if you didn't know, um, her mother, Debbie Reynolds, uh, who also passed away the same week, just horrible. Um, weird. So weird. Debbie Reynolds was about as big a star uh, in the late fifties and early sixties as you could find today. I mean, she was like Jennifer Aniston big back then. Uh, she was married to Eddie Fisher, who was a, a incredibly popular singer, um, and so she was part of showbiz royalty, really, and grew up. Um, with, uh, surrounded by stars and famous people. And so she had a naturally a troubled childhood growing up and was had some drug and alcohol problems. But um, 
she was a classically trained actress and she found her, you know, her big break in the Star Wars films, which some people say wasn't as much a big break. Um, and uh, eventually, eventually started doing writing and uh, she wrote Postcards from the Edge, which is a big hit for Meryl Streep. And she did a lot of punching yeah. up of actual big hits. So she, yeah. uh, she would be sorely missed and everyone, she was a character through and through. So I don't know where they're gonna go um, with her in the Star Wars films, how much of her stuff they had filmed. Um, and they're, I'm sure they're gonna have to alter something. Um, yeah, happened, they had, but. they wrapped uh, filming on the on next eight, yeah. episode. Eight, she yeah. was returning from uh, London, in fact, from filming. Yeah, no, she was she was returning from Catastrophe, which is the Amazon show that was a pick of mine. Um, oh, okay. Plays uh, the mother in that show, and she actually gotcha. it, it's a small role, but she's yeah. it's it's a great character. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So episode eight, we get her, but beyond that, who knows? We'll have to wait and see if they if they put her in CGI or if they kind of they kill her off. And I mean, who knows? All right. So final thoughts on Rogue One. I mean, go I, see it. it. Go see it, Keith. Go see it. Uh, my thought is that one thing I realized: R two D two and C three PO are the only characters to appear in every Star Wars movie. Huh? Was R two D two? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's right. That's right, and that, and I think that will be intentional somehow through a free movie. Yeah, even the young Han Solo movie. Somehow they're gonna put him in there. I, that's that'll I gotta see that. That'll be that might be the first that they're not in. Which, by the way, news just out today: Woody Harrelson has been cast as Han Solo's mentor in the young Star Wars film. So it'll be like Hunger Games. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, yeah, I think it's safe to say. Rogue One is awesome. It's very well done. Go see it. All right, picks for the week. Half pint segments. We'll do these fast. Uh, Jeremy, what's your pick for the week? Uh, my pick's going to be a repeat um, that I installed on my phone again. That's desert golfing. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I had it was deleted for a long, long time, and then I I saw it pop up on the App Store, and I thought I'd give it another try, and it's still addictive the second time around. Just desert oh, golfing. Go. I still have it. I haven't played it in a while. I'm, I'm on, yeah. on hole number 10,132. <laughs> wow. Gary, what's your pick? I have a – I don't want to say it's a negative pick. It's kind of a positive pick, but it's also kind of a negative pick. Uh, Netflix recently announced that they uh, allow downloads of movies yes. and shows uh, to watch offline. And I'm getting ready to go on a – trip for work where I'm going to be spending a lot of time in the plane. So I said, I'm going to download a bunch of stuff to watch on the plane. And the selection was just not good. Um, there are a lot of Am- or sorry, Netflix originals, um, like Stranger Things is there, but uh, you know, I'm not ready to rewatch that quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, none of the Marvel properties that Netflix no. has done are available for download. Mom. And the other selections of movies and TV shows are would consider severely limited. So I did download stuff, right? So it's, it's great that they are moving into that arena and I'm, I'm glad that they are. Um, They have got to get a better content library ready up for that. Do you have Amazon prime? Amazon prime. uh, There I've, I've downloaded a mix of stuff from Amazon and Netflix to watch. My Netflix stuff will probably primarily be Arrow because I need to catch up on that. And that is a DC property right. that's available on. Yeah. What, and what I'll say is that I assume that just like their, their streaming properties were limited when they first started streaming. Yeah. It's only going to increase. Yeah. And so, what I was impressed by is that the, the storage space was very small. I downloaded like a lot of stuff. Yeah, well, a lot of episodes, and it did not take up very much space. So I'm curious to see what the quality is. And the great thing too is you don't have to do cleanup because once you start it, you've got 48 hours to watch it or to finish watching it, and then it deletes itself from your device. So yeah, so uh, I may I may have to go download another episode because yeah. I did look at one thing. Um, Suma, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, that's it. Uh, right, oh, he's good. Mm-hmm. Keith pick his Hearthstone. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and, and what, what were you going to add, Gary? 
I was going to say I will primarily be watching Battlestar Galactica. Woot! In preparation for the second PNR Show Network show. Yes, that's going to happen. In fact, let's you let's us chat after the episode's over about quickly about setting up maybe a, a meeting. Sure thing. Okay. So uh, Keith Hearthstone, go buy Hearthstone. There's a new gadget tier app for expansion on it, something like that. All right. My pick for the week, something I just discovered yesterday, is another little app that will have you addicted, gentlemen. I mentioned it in the chat room yesterday. It's called right. Tap, 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 Dash. And in Tap, Tap, Dash, you have a little, a little guy. You can't really see him. There you go. There you go. And he he runs. I can't see him. Ah. He runs. Shit. Anyway, there's little there's little directional signs along his way, and you have to tap in order for him to change directions and or jump over obstacles. And on some levels, the the screen will tilt with him as you go, so it's hard to keep up. It's very addictive. It's fun. It's free. Um, or you can get rid of the app or the ads for a dollar ninety nine. And there's a lot of levels, and there's multiple animals that you can be. Um, it's fun, and, it's, and like I said, it's addictive. So tap tap dash. Yeah, they, they did a really good job with them. Super simple controls. Yeah. Easy to play. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a fun little game. All right, gentlemen, final thoughts on your BYOB. What rating do you give the Nitro IPA from Guinness? Oh, my God. I can't give it a one because one is reserved for Miller and Coors and Bud, so I'm going to give it a two. Ouch. It's so bad. It just does not, doesn't taste like an IPA. It's, it's it, doesn't, good... it doesn't taste like beer. Um, really, it doesn't taste like beer. It's not a good beverage. I don't know what kind of beverage they were trying to create, but whatever it is, they totally missed the mark. Um, That's I a would shame, because we were a big fan of the Guinness Blonde. Blonde? This stuff, not worth the can that it's poured into. Um, I would give it a zero if I could. So I uh, I have to give it a one, so that's the, our minimum by, by the rules. So I, I, I opted for uh, Oscar Blue's Hot Box Coffee Porter beer on my BYOB. Um, it is, uh, I love the name. It's a, a porter brewed with coffee from Hot Box Roasters. In at some like 6% or something like that. Um, and it's really good. I would give this an 8. Awesome. Uh, I won't re-review my uh, my Newcastle Brown because I think I rated it a seven or an eight when we first drank it, and this thing has really become spoiled. It's been in the, in the fridge a long time, so I cannot rate it on what it is now. Yes, no, it did not age gracefully. So um, just I'll just think I'll think back fondly on what it once was, and then throw it away. Uh, all right, so that's going to bring it to a close. Season four, episode five of the Pine of No Return show. Uh, check us out on the web, uh, pnrshow.com, and all of our various ways of communicating with us. And uh, we'll be back, I think, hopefully next week. Yeah, probably next week. All right. Get back into I'd some rather kind of have regularity. Than life. I'll take a strong stout over strife. I'd prefer to confer with a half pint of ale and live a long life till my private parts fail. For life without liquor is to no avail. So bring me lugger for life. I'd rather have liquor. I am one with the force. The force is with me. I am one with the force. The force is with me. I am one with the force. The force is with me. Did you love that guy saying that a gazillion times? You can cut the show now. I'm supposed to stop this, right?